Real Cold World, episode six. Welcome back, ladies and gents. I'm with the man, as always, Jesse. J Dog. Nothing has changed. No. You're literally here. Yeah, all the time. I do live here, so it's hard to shake. Ah, that's why you're here all the time. Yeah, if you ever try to do an episode without me, it'd be very difficult. <laughs> Can you just stay in your room for the next hour? <laughs> <laughs> and also lend me all of your equipment. <laughs> yeah. I have put zero investment into this. No, nah, that's all right. Uh, you're lucky that you're doing it with somebody who already does it. That is you true. I mean? There's no point you buying another camera. That is true. Because I've already got two. And for those who don't know, I assume you would. Jesse does have another channel. He is Mr. True Footy. Um, Senor True Footy, actually, is the correct title. Sure. <laughs> so if you haven't checked that out, go, go scroll over to True Footy. Um, how is the channel going? Good, man. In fact, since we've done the last Cold World, we did a True Footy Live Grand Final stream. So that was pretty dope. What did you think of that? Um, it was good. That was my first live stream on Grand Final Day. True. And Grand Final Day to me is like the second Australia Day. So I treat it like Australia Day where it's just like yeah. you can crack a beer at 10 o'clock and it's not weird. Yeah. You can um, you can be completely wasted by 12, 1 o'clock. Mm in the midday and um no one can say anything about it yeah it's, it's just like, like it's like you could probably do it christmas and boxing day you can probably do it australia day grand final day and every second saturday you had me to the last one <laughs> <laughs> well the right we've been deleting beers yeah so. no we have been a bit naughty lately yeah, a bit. but um look you're in your 20s one time <laughs> you got 10 years <laughs> yeah that's it yeah might as well, just might as well be, might as well although I am planning on sort of chilling it down yeah just a tad you have been uh, very fitness focused lately yeah you're doing your 30 30 days of fitness digging your ass no yeah. 30 days of fitness yep so I'm doing 150 k's in the month of November running I should say 150 yeah. k's driving <laughs> <laughs> that's not hard I'm going to Bunbury <laughs> <laughs> no I'm running 150 k's in the month of November yeah um, which quick math is 5 k's a day for 30 yeah. days true so um, in my mind it's just easier just to commit to every day doing 5 k's because if I miss a day I gotta do 10 the next day true. and 10 k's is like I would say twice as hard as 5 k's yeah it's, it's <laughs> roughly twice as hard <laughs> nah I would be it would probably be exponential actually way it'd harder be more than double but like even just doing 5 k's um, which is funny though because the last k I always run it faster than any other k in my 5k run yeah okay so the first k is literally just like a warm up I'm not trying to push my body too hard because like my back might get sore or like your knees might start getting sore so the first k I'm really just like warming up I start really slow and I just sort of warm it up warm it up by the time I get to about halfway, I'm at a decent pace. Mm. The, um, like, I'd say like the fourth K out of the five Ks is the absolute hardest. Yeah. But then I get my second wind, I reckon right at the tail end of the fourth K, and the last K I can literally sprint. Mm. I don't know why, it's just like, it's a, it's, a, it's a point in my running where it's like a brick wall, and it lasts for about a K. And then once I get through that, I feel like I can run forever. Like, so I've got a, I've got a spot down here, which is like right near a light pole, or light yeah. post. And um, that's my starting and finish line. And um, I think it was like two days ago, I was, I just like, the last K I was just flying. I was literally sprinting it. And normally when I get to that light pole, I just stop. But this one day I like just, I was just feeling it. So I kept running past it and ran further down the street. And I, I was, it just felt so good. Like I just felt like I was just free. Like my body was running without any real effort from me. Yeah, right. It was just, it was running a Running downhill does do that. It was a weird moment. Well, this was flat. Yeah, right. But yeah, there is there is a bit of there's a downhill at the tail end of the run anyway. Yeah, yeah. But um, that is the other thing with the run. It's two massive hills. Yeah. So only half of it is hard, mm. because half of it is downhill, which is using momentum, and then the other half is obviously running uphill, which is um, tough. But I like it because it feels like only half of the run is actually difficult. Yeah. The other half is pretty pretty chill. Yeah, that's cool. But you've been you've still been smashing the gym regularly. Yeah, I have. I've been. Doing it to equally compensate for the amount of booze I'm drinking on the weekend. <laughs> but it's good. I've lost seven kilos since the gym's reopened. Um, for anyone outside of Perth, that was like June, I want Ish. to say. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, because there was a bit of like, we went into lockdown in like March or semi-lockdown. And then the gym's reopened a bit after that. So yeah, yeah seven kilo loss. Started running, which I never really run. Um, How have you been feeling from running? My knees were a bit cooked because yeah. I hadn't run in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah they they do get better though. I feel like they... Yeah. they build like a tolerance up kind of thing of like yeah. the, the impact for sure for sure what so, are you running on treadmill yeah just a treadmill yeah yeah 
Well, that's a good place to start because treadmill is um, has like some give, mm-hmm. and they do make it. So, like on a treadmill, there's I know this from like working in a sports store for like through mm-hmm. uni. But there's like they have impact sections where it, like has a lot of give, so it's not like just running on the hard ground. So basically, what they do is at the start of the treadmill on the belt, at the start of it is really soft, so it gives weight, and then at the tail end it's really firm, so that you can still explode off the firm area. But when you land, you land on the soft, and it gives. Mm-hmm. So it's a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just started doing it, um, I don't know why, I think uh, because we were going to play AFL 9s for a bit and then work's kind of got in the way of that for me, so I was going to build up my fitness, but then uh, by the <laughs> end of that... Um, Committed to an AFL 9s team that we have not played for. Yeah, that you haven't cracked I think it's been yet. like six weeks now. Yeah, um, but either way, I just started adding uh, adding a 1k run at the end of each workout nice. and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. Like I think in the last party I was saying I'm quite, um, quite weak for my frame, but I weighed myself during the week I told you and I weighed like 7 kilos less than I thought I did Yeah. so when you put that into context I weigh 80 kilos rather than 87 and I'm benching 90 then I feel a little bit better about myself a so 90 bench is still very strong it's solid yeah I'm doing that for 2 reps no spotter so like I mean I'm not not really strong but like that's definitely solid yeah, but so. I reckon you can add like another 2 reps on with a spotter yeah for sure for sure and mm-hmm. probably even just push 95 I reckon for one rep if you have a spot I think yeah. the psychological benefit of oh, definitely a spotter is, yeah. it's just because like when you don't have a spotter you don't want to go down and just like yeah. feel that moment yeah. where you're like oh fuck like, yeah. now I'm literally stuck here yeah, I have to I live my, the rest of my life under this bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what if they're trying to be red yeah no, that's very true that's very true um, oh yeah so I guess to go back to your run thing uh, did you cover why you're doing it no, so why are you doing it? <laughs> I think the reason why I'm doing it is a lot deeper than anyone really realizes. Like everyone's asked me that, and I've just said like for fun, it's a challenge. But the reason why is because shit has just felt a little bit hard lately. It's been harder to like, for example, it's been harder to like get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's harder to fall asleep at night. It's harder to like keep my relationships with friends and family that I don't see regularly. Like things have just felt like it's takes more effort than usual. Yeah, and I sort of got into a spot, and I was like. The reason, I mean, the reason why I want to say this is because, like, I want to emphasize that it's okay to feel like that. Like, that, mm. it's a normal, it's a normal thing. What's not okay is doing nothing about it. Like, just, like, wallowing in that and just, like, yeah. sitting in that. True. So, to combat that and to sort of make a change, I decided to do this challenge where I run every day, mm. uh, run 5Ks, which isn't far, but it's far enough that it's sort of, it's benefiting my physical form and my mental form. Because mm-hmm. there's so many points in the run where I want to give up and I want to quit. Or, yeah. like, you, and you... You find it like you get like three k's in, and you start talking to yourself, like and saying like, "Oh, this is this is like I've done five days in a row. Like I could stop and walk for five minutes. Like it's no big deal." Yeah. Or like, and you you start trying to like trick yourself into into why it's okay to stop, why it's okay yeah, to quit. True. Yeah. And just getting through that and being like in your mind, like I'm not quitting. Like mm. I'm doing, I'm running consistently. This whole thing, I'm doing it for a month. Um, because running isn't that hard physically. I feel running's hard mentally. Yeah. True. Yeah, your your brain gives out way earlier. Way earlier than your body than does. Your body does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have you? I mean, you play football, so maybe a few times for you. But the average person, how many times have they run to they physically can't anymore? Very few. But most people will stop. I, I've only time. ran once to the point where actually, so I've run a few times where, um, like three k time trials and things like that, where the last like lap of a footy oval, will, my vision will be completely gone. Yeah, like my vision will be so like so blurry and so it's like being super super drunk. Yeah, and you can just feel like your body, like your body's just like yeah, slowly like shutting down, winding down. That's why you shouldn't go out the night before you three. <laughs> um, so I've pushed myself to that level once, oh, a few times I should say, yeah. but I've only ever pushed myself to throwing up once. Lovely. Um, which yeah, wasn't even I was just unfit. It wasn't like that. I put <laughs> that. I was just like yeah, not Bad into it. But um. Yeah, that's the reason why I'm doing it. Is uh, yeah, right. I just want to sort of like make a quick change, sort of push myself mm. physically and mentally, and just see how I feel at the end of this month. That was my Yui boom, and I forgot to turn off. Oh, okay. Your what? Yui boom. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. That shocked um, me. I was like, the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. No. Interesting. So I guess it's sort of to get kind of like an esteem boost, maybe from hitting goals, but also maybe feel a bit more in control. Is that kind of the the idea? Yeah. And just sort of like, I mean, exercise releases endorphins Definitely. and um, being fit also just like helps with your energy levels. And I feel like I'm just lacking that like, yeah. that up and atom attitude that I used to always possess. That's something you value, hey. I've, I've heard you talking about it a lot. You've always 
wanted to feel like strong and fit and in the prime of your life which is not really something that comes into mind for me for instance like like with the gym I, I can happily admit I do it to, to try and look as good as I can not yep. feel as good as I can whereas yep. I feel like for you your fitness and your um, your ability to like do a 5k or whatever is kind of a little bit more ingrained in your identity would you yep. say that's true pretty, pretty fair pretty accurate yeah. yeah I mean obviously looking good is great yeah like like when we're not going to just completely disregard disregard that mm. but um mine is definitely i definitely like the um the the mental side of it like when we got into the gym really heavy the thing i liked about it is like knowing that i'm strong yeah like not not necessarily like looking like you've got big muscles and you are strong but in my mind knowing that like i am strong like i'm, yeah. I'm strong i'm athletic i'm powerful like i, mm. I like that feeling of walking around knowing yeah. that like i can jump really high i can do a heap of push-ups i can do a bit like it's those small little things of just like knowing that I have that ability and my abil- that ability is there and I, like I possess it. That confidence. Yeah, which completely leads into confidence. Like you walk around, you walk into a room with your shoulders back because like you just feel strong and powerful and like and real like alpha. Mm. So I like that sort of th- side of things. But running is different because running doesn't really give you that. Running is right. literally more just like the can you commit and can you just like not stop. Yeah. Even when like, and there's so like, like I said, there's like around that like three k mark, three four k mark. I'm just like, and I did it. Remember I did it the other day. So normally I've been coming home and eating dinner at about six. Yeah. And then going for my run around eight thirty, eight eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one night I got home a bit late, so I didn't want to eat because I didn't want to run with a complete full stomach. Yeah. And so I went after a full days of work and ran, and that was the hardest thing that yeah. I ever did. Like that three k when I got to that three k mark, which is always the wall for me. Like I just felt completely depleted, and I, I've sort of like felt like that in the past. But then this this time was the first time that I recognised what it was. It was, it was that I haven't eaten. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because like through the, I feel like through the the weekends. I mean, you do it as well. You train on an empty stomach. Uh, it depends how much I'm training in terms of like if I'm in a good space where I got on momentum and I'm pushing ninety then I won't. Yeah. But it, sometimes I'm just like, if I'm sort of getting back into the gym, I won't, I won't make an excuse not to go, if you know what I mean. I do like to eat. I do like to eat. I lift on a heavy, full stomach. Yeah. yeah. Not full, but... Um, yeah, well, I used to... I, I mean, I'm not a big eater anyway, to be honest. Mm. But um, often, like, I do things without really eating. I used to play footy without eating breakfast. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and I used to get this feeling, but I just never, like, associated with it. Really? But then since I've started eating before doing it and feeling the amount of energy I have compared to when I didn't do it. Mm. It makes me look back on all those times being like, oh my God, like, yeah. if, I, if I ate, would I have felt way better? Like yeah, in games, yeah. I would have like, not, not like would things have changed, but just like knowing like I would have, that was what that feeling was. Yeah. That, that like depleted feeling. Interesting. That's crazy that you didn't eat before games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like have a, like, a couple of music bars and that's about it. I had the same realization with coffee at work. I got so much better at my job when I discovered coffee at like the age of 23. Right. Like, this is what normal people feel like. Yeah. I always want to go to sleep during my shift when I do a nine to five. Well, I used to. And these days I don't have that at all because I'm I was, smashing coffee. I was late to the coffee game as well. Hmm. I wasn't not a bad a, thing. I wasn't a coffee drinker. Pretty much until I started this job, actually, I became a coffee oh, really? drinker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's quite late. I wasn't a coffee drinker at all prior. So yeah. um, only the last year I've been drinking coffee mm. but um how many what's, what's your worst like how many cups of coffee would you i've never done more than two in a day and i try not to have two so but i've got to the point where i if i have a coffee I, I try and time it perfectly and never have it at the start of the day i have it when i start to have a bit of a lull which is usually two or three yeah, hours into the day um or after food or something like that i try and time it when i don't need a second one a, a third one would i would not sleep till christmas yep like i'm very sensitive to caffeine yep, yep. yeah yeah i can you? um yeah, I mean, one for sure. Yeah. I don't really like to go a shift without coffee, though. Now, yeah. I can't not have coffee as well. One thing I did sort of want to debrief on this podcast with you, actually, is um, the night we had after the grand final live stream. So, the the True Footy live stream, that was sick. Like, um, So, for context, for people who didn't really realise, we normally have about an average of 20 to 40 on a live stream for like a normal home and away game. And then... But like, and then in the big final, maybe a hundred people on like consistently, concurrently, we had in excess of 200 pretty much all day and that peaked at 350. And by the end of the live stream, 35,000 people had tuned in and in- That's pretty sick numbers, isn't it really? Well, the week before, which was still a pretty big one, we had 3,000 views on it. 
This is 35,000. Yeah, so wow. It's pretty wild the numbers we put on that. That for me is like, I've said it to you, I think, probably the highlight of my year that day. Because as you said, um, we didn't crack beers at 10 a.m., but we had that, like that vlog, like that I released on the channel, like that whole day. That to me was just a fun day. Yeah, like an ideal day. And I'm so glad I've got the vlog to like look back on it and stuff. Um, it was just like hanging out with mates in the morning, catching up with Darcy. Uh, going to the gym, setting up, watching the grand final, and then sinking piss, and then just being like a good level of drunk by the end of the live stream that none of us were being too silly except Druzy. <laughs> I think I'll, I was pretty much there with Druzy. Yeah. I mean, if, if you watch the live stream, there is a moment, I don't know what exactly <laughs> it is, but I disappear behind the ca- this couch, and then I think I drop something, but I can't remember, and then I pop up, and you see me pop up, one eye like half shut, one eye open, and I just go, I'm steaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm steaming. <laughs> yeah, no, it's shit like that. The whole day, like we watched half a live stream back the other night. The whole day was just, just awesome. Um, but it did take a sour downturn because we did go out to Fremantle that night. Um, and what happened at first? We went to the synagogue. That was good for like half an hour. And then we decided to move on. Yep. And then... There was a moment where half the group wanted to go into metros and half the group wanted to go to Benny's. Yes. So, Druzy talked me into going to Metro, so I stayed with him and you and the boys. Um, I'll probably I'll probably stay. I probably won't name names. Nah, leave it. Leave it. Yeah, nameless. I'll leave it nameless. Yep. But you and the, a couple of boys went up and queued at Benny's. Yep. Druzy was so maggot that he was uh, not allowed into metros. <laughs> Which is a level of drunkenness that is yeah, like in excess. Difficult to attain. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was honestly fine. Um, I mean, he was really drunk, but he wasn't. He wasn't being stupid. No, he no, he's he's a he's a good dude. So he, yeah, him him being drunk is a is a fine person to deal with. It's yeah, the, it's totally the people that are a bit nasty to begin with, or people that are a bit like. Uh, like yeah just not nice people and then when they get drunk and it sort of like mm. magnifies it yeah Drew's is just like a good wholesome dude so when he gets drunk he just turns into a, like this yeah. cute wholesome dude like he's I just think, yeah I think we're, we're all a bit like that in the way we just get really happy when we're drunk he's, uh, he was good but um, obviously like so we we got rejected and uh, we started walking up to Benny's and that's when we saw like a big commotion and this this is like a real issue I think in society in general like um I'm referring to like when we walked up, we saw a scuffle and I saw you were like next to it, if you remember. And I, I could tell you weren't part of it, but it, you were very close to it. So I was like, oh, what's Dylan gotten himself into here? There's clearly a fight right behind you. And then we, like it breaks apart. Someone's getting dragged off. This is literally like 30 seconds after we've seen you. So I, there's, there could not have been too much happening that time. And um, like people like, Disperse, and I, I just see our friend that I won't name, like beaten to shit. Like his eye was, I'm pretty sure he had a black eye, bloody like, nose, bloody nose. Think it turned out to be a broken nose, um, and he just looked shocked. And I don't know what's happened, but there was like a kickoff within the 30 seconds of saying goodbye to you guys and catching up with you again. That some idiot who I, I don't, I think I don't know if you remember, but was he like in his 30s? Like I remember someone saying that they were like older blokes that just kicked off and started beating the shit out of our friend. Yeah. Do you, do you have any memories of what nah. happened? That's the, th- that's the, that's the shit thing is I really don't remember. I was like just too drunk from the day and mm. just like everything that led up to it. Um, like I was in a similar state to Druzy. Me and Druzy were like started drinking real early in that day. Mm. So I don't really know, but I think what happened is they sort of started on me originally and then, right? and then, and then, and then our mate has jumped in for it. Is that right? But then, but then I, I don't remember seeing it kick off. I was just like, I don't know. My risk, my like responses in my brain were just so lagged that I don't really know what happened. But then I do remember sort of like realizing what was going on. And I, I remember grabbing a dude with like a white shirt. I just remember a white shirt. I think he was wearing a white shirt. The, the, The dude that I saw get dragged away. I just remember grabbing a white shirt and pulling hard on a white shirt. Yeah. And that's all I really can like gauge from it. But, um, yeah, I mean, sour note to end. Otherwise, what was a good day? Yeah. Like long story short, what happened was some idiot has been pissed off by something. Maybe, maybe someone accidentally cut in line in front of him. Maybe they stood on his foot. I don't know, but he looked like he was about to fucking kill someone. Yeah. I was looking at this dude getting dragged away and he was... Like this, this all happened in 30 seconds. Like nothing could have happened. There was no conversation, I'm sure. And this guy that was getting 
like thankfully there were cops everywhere. Yeah. But the ca- cops were like dragging him away and putting him away, and um, he looked like he wanted to kill someone. I, I guess like the reason I want to bring that up is just it's such a cooked thing to do. Like if you can't handle your piss, like don't go out or your emotions in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're the sort of person who is prone to that, because I, I believe that you have to be a bit prone to that. Um, on the piss to, to do that like yeah. that is not something you or I or anyone I know not not, not to that level of aggression that yeah. was extremely aggressive yeah but I mean turned out our friend had a broken nose and um, that was the night over like yeah like that was it the, Ever, the everyone, ruined, everyone went home it was all over the night was ruined but the, his life could have been ruined the guy that got hit the guy that punched him could have been had his life ruined imagine like something worse happened yeah god forbid two lives potentially ruined yeah. like I don't know that all over us, all over a small spat that probably was nothing in the end. Yeah, I I do feel be. guilty though because I don't think I like responded as fast as fast as I should have, being like a mate being in a fight. Like you, you really should dive in faster. Mm. But um, so that's one thing that I'm a bit like annoyed at. Like I should have like jumped in earlier. But you always come up with a whole lot of what ifs in these sort of situations. The way I saw it was I I could see you next to it. But I generally remember you looking around. You could tell from a distance you were drunk. Like your eyes were like, yeah. I think you said at the time you had tunnel vision. Like your peripheral vision was, was gone. Yeah. I had none. Yeah. So I could tell you were like looking around. You even had a, almost a smile on your face, as though you were like in a conversation, turning around and seeing what was happening. So like, I, I don't know. It's hard to blame me. It's not as though that you guys were like arguing and it kicked off and then you didn't react. Yeah. It it appeared that it was just random and literally no one I could. I've spoken to can give me a straight answer nah started, so. nah I mean all of our mates we've spoken about have all been like I don't know what it was about it's crazy man. so it is a bit bizarre because you would think at least someone would be like oh yeah. yeah no like there was an argument but there was no like argument there was no kick off it literally Nothing just went from 0 to 100 like there was mm. no because normally there's a massive build up normally there's yeah. a lot of like like aggressive talking or like shouting but I like no one recalls any of it yeah. like no one remembers and, and when you put together the timelines of like yeah. you leaving to you catching up yeah there's not enough time for all that to fit in anyway yeah. so how did it go from like yeah well some witness there was a witness that came up to us afterwards and it was an older bloke and he just said what that guy just did was the biggest dog act yeah so I'm thinking like, he did just kick off I think fuck yeah but anyway that, that wasn't actually the main reason I wanted to bring that up the main reason I wanted to bring it up is kind of, because it kind of ties into um we were talking about last week like positive thinking and stuff right mm-hmm. which is it's kind of a strange segue but the main reason was stinker of a night felt gutted for our friend um, and um, yeah someone else has also got a perforated eardrum from that our other friend so um, but woke up the next day hungover and could have just reflected on it as though that was an absolute and just said like it ended the best day like yeah, yeah it def- you definitely could have looked at it from a negative point yeah but I guess I mean it's easy for me to say this because I wasn't beaten to shit and I do acknowledge that yep. and I did feel gutted for my friend but um, yep. um, for someone who is like a negative person generally one thing I, I just tried to employ last Sunday was think about how sick grandfather day was up to that point and anything past that I couldn't control and I'm not going to feel shit about it. And, and and that's just something I've, even in the last seven days, tried to employ. Because I think a lot of the time with negative people, including myself, who can get into a negative funk. And it's literally just by um, allowing themselves to be triggered by stuff and, and focusing on the wrong stuff. Yep. And I, I noticed as well, um, like sometimes at work, okay, I've had what I felt is a shit day. And then I'll get home from work and dad will be like, how was your day? Like when I used to live with him. And I'll be like, oh, it's fucking shit. And he'll be like, why? And I'll be like, and I won't be able to give him a straight answer as to why, but I just felt shit the whole day. And it'll usually be because like at the start of a shift, say I'm wheeling a pallet around the store and then I go too quickly around the corner. The, a box, a flap is hanging out, hits the fire hydrant and the, the box of like pop-up sprinklers just goes flying all over the store. Like this is an example because it, it did happen. Um, <laughs> But when that sort of thing happens early, you just think, oh shit, why did that happen? Yeah. Like, um, this is just a very micro example, but why did that happen? This is bullshit. Like, nothing can go right. And if that happens early in your shift, or like, for me, I'd, I'd fixate on that, and then I'd start to think, oh, I'm having a shit day, having a shit day. And then just like little negative triggers all day. Yep. I'd be focusing on those. At the end of the shift, I feel like I've had a shit day, but then I won't be able to explain why I've had a shit day. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a microcosm for. I think a lot of people feeling shit. Like, I think sometimes people 
can focus on little negative triggers disproportionately mm-hmm. and that's why in that moment I decided to focus on the, the, the negative in that hangover was quite big like someone got beaten up but um, that is something I've employed in the last seven days and I generally feel so much better yeah in the last it's days. it's similar to uh, the point that we made um, uh, it was uh, two podcast no last podcast it was last one, yeah. when I, w- I was talking about that guy named Charlie Rockets and he does his win streak yeah, yeah. and he, he counts the small wins in the day instead of mm. counting the small losses in the day I've been doing that yeah so instead of fixating like you said and, and seeing every loss he's constantly looking for the next little victory next little win of his and like his, his is so small. So, for example, his, like, he always says like his first one is when he wakes up in the morning, he goes down to Starbucks. Um, it's, oh, he's obviously American, so mm. he goes to Starbucks and he buys his coffee and the coffee costs like $1.20. Yeah. And the first thing he says is like um, a big cup of happiness for $1.20, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. And he starts his day every day like that. So, yeah. like he's, the, the moment that he wakes up within the first hour, um, I don't know how long it takes him to get ready. We'll just say an hour. Um he's counted his first win and every day he reckons he goes there and goes to Starbucks and he says in his head like all that happiness for a dollar twenty it's going to be a great day I'm on a win yeah and then from then on he's just counting all these wins and all all like little triggers like um and it's things that you don't don't realize but like he just logs them going through coming up to a traffic light at it being green not having a stop he'll just mm. drive through and he'll be like win yeah and then he's constantly just doing that that like that box falls over. Yeah. He hasn't thought about it. He literally just grabbed it, put it back on, and he's, getting, yeah. he's kept, kept going. He hasn't had time to process like, oh, how shit was that? Was that? Because yeah. he's, he's thinking about all these wins and he's just like, it's like five wins? How can I get to six wins? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then like, you might you might put that back on the pallet, go around the around the corner, see a customer, give them great advice and go like, six wins. Nice. And he's just gone from like, that shitty little event, mm. walked around the corner, seeing a customer and, and giving some good advice, felt good about it. Yeah. And then gone like, win. So like it's different like your your views and like yeah. what you're logging in the day can really affect your mood. Mm, definitely. I think I'm one of those people that can let like negative stuff fester and it sounds so simple what you're saying and then maybe like half the people who listen to this and think that's really simple like everyone, anyone can do that but... Um, I think that's the point though. Yeah, well no, no it is but like I think there would probably be a contingent of people who listen to that and be like I should probably do more of that I should not focus yeah. on the negative yeah. even just having a hangover itself I don't know if you found this but one thing I found is just to not think about the fact that you're hungover yeah. and because like there's natural side effects being hungover you actually do get anxiety from alcohol like that yeah. is an actual side effect and there are chemical things at play there and I understand you can't necessarily just ignore those because they're going to be there but I have found that often I'm just like oh I'm so hungover oh I'm so tired and the more you fixate on it the worse you feel and it's kind of again um, a microcosm of just like I'm well, not a microcosm but like that's just like a little example of um, of how if you focus on the wrong things it can have a vastly different effect on your mindset and I've, I've actually noticed as well at work I'm making myself like sound like a really ne- a negative like person I'll, maybe I'm not maybe I'm exaggerating it a bit just because it is something I want to improve about myself yeah. but then but there will be times at work where I can hear myself complaining to other people about shit and I'll be like it's not actually that bad like yeah well, who are the sort of people you want to hang around with? They're not the people that tell you how shit their, yeah, their no. day is going, you know? So Yeah, they're, they're always the people that, yeah, it just it just brings the mood straight down as soon as you're around them. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of them. Like, there's people that work mm. at any workplace. There'll be that, and everyone will be able to relate to it. There'll be that one or that group of people that you immediately walk up to them in a, in a day at mm. work and they will automatically just have a whinge, automatically like, yeah. and it, do, it really does bring it down. And, and some days you just don't feel like, and it's, and it's just like, yeah, I don't want to be around you now because like when I do, like it's just, you just want to whinge about things and like, yeah. I'm trying to get things done. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to move forward. Mm. But um, you, I, you've said previously, you've sort of call yourself a pessimist, a pessimist. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm naturally a little bit pessimistic. It's yeah. not, I mean, I'm exaggerating. Like, I talk about it a lot in this podcast just because it's an interesting topic. To yeah, me. of course. I don't think like you would say I'm not that. No, naturally. you're it's not just, like a yeah. You're not like a. I just know the, the way my mind works and yeah. it can be a little bit toxic, especially at times where I felt low, like in the past. My the, my internal monologue, I can it goes in a certain trend, and I think it's just really important to to know that about yourself and try and fix sure. it. And that's what I'm doing now. Being, I, I feel good. These yeah, days. being self-aware. But yeah. um, I think there's... It's funny because I was literally thinking about this yesterday, um, which is when you sort of come to me before the podcast and said you want to bring it up. I thought it was a great idea because I had, had thought about this. Um, but I feel like there's healthy and unhealthy to both sides. So there's healthy mm. optimism and there's healthy 
Neg- pessimism. pessimism. <laughs> Negativism. Uh, and there's unhealthy optimism and there's unhealthy pessimism. Sure. And what I mean by that is I've sort of like put it into this little sentence uh, that I feel like is like is really is really good. It's, it, it describes it the best way that my mind can, which is be pessimistic enough to go into everything with caution. Mm. Be optimistic enough to know that it's possible. Mm, and I right. feel like that is the perfect balance. Like you, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I hope not. I, I'm, I I'm hoping that like okay. someone clips that and just says like Dylan Colbert has come out with the best quote. Uh, but like I feel like that's that's really that's really powerful. So like yeah. come come into things with your guard up. Don't don't ever come into things like Blimey. because that's how you get hurt. That's how things backfire. Mm. Like go in with your research done, knowing what's happening, and and go in with caution. Go in with like knowing what could go wrong, knowing what can go right. But then also have that level of optimism to like not discount anything mm. like everything is possible if you really want it and i think the pessimistic side will make you work hard the optimistic side will make you dream for it yeah and i think they go hand in hand i don't think you can have one without the other the, the other side of it as well is good to not let your expectations blow out wildly as well yeah and like if good example is just women like like if you go out thinking like say there's a girl that you like at the and you're going to a party together and stuff like that i've not that that's happened recently to me but like it, like the way I would approach it is just to prepare myself for every outcome so this could be a stinker of a night or it could be every, every like the night I exactly want it to be yeah so don't be surprised at whatever outcome there is because yeah. I think it's damaging if you go in there all go, I mean say she hooks up with another guy you're never going to feel good about that but yeah. maybe it's a bad example but like it's good to prepare yourself for any possible outcome as well and that's part of being pessimistic or at least just pragmatic so that when things don't go well, you, you can don't handle get it. Hit for six. Yeah, yeah, you're not heartbroken. You can handle it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a tricky one. You 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 really just need to find that perfect little balance. And mm. everyone's balance is different. But um, you you definitely you can't just be that crazy like optimistic person. Yeah. You still need to be grounded in Those what's real. Are annoying too. Yeah, <laughs> and you still need to be grounded in in like what's real and like. Because there's people that like dream of all these goals, but they're not necessarily interested in the work. They mm. just like the end result, but they, but they don't want the road to get there. Yeah, that's so you still need to be grounded. You need to be grounded in what it's going to take. You need to be grounded in the, in the problems that can arise. You need to be grounded that it's not all going to go smoothly, mm-hmm. which is the pessimistic side. But then again, be optimistic enough to know that it is possible and, 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 and want to chase it. Yeah. 100%. So find that balance. And that yeah. balance is different for everybody. Yeah. Some people need need to be more optimistic. They're, they're naturally like, um, they're naturally searching for the problems and searching where, where the next yes. like issue could come from, yeah. which is fine. Just like apply more optimism to your life. Some people are extremely optimistic and, and have their heads like up high dreaming. Mm. Maybe, maybe bring it down and, and think of like, think of the road to get there rather than the end goals all the time. So depends on the person, but I think, you need to have the like the perf- the balance between them. Very true. Yeah, I agree. I think I've said in the past I'm the sort of person who will approach a problem. I, I contrasted my dad. If, um, if there's a problem, his solution will be think about three ways we can do it, and then um, you know worry about the setbacks after. Yeah. Whereas I have a different mind where I think um, this yes this is a solution we could do, but these are the roadblocks we're going to hit. Um, it's kind of like both are useful, like you like you alluded to. I, I think I think generally it's good to be err on the side of optimism and be bold because you don't want to develop that fear of failure, fear yeah. of tackling something like, uh, I don't know, trying to make a career on YouTube. I don't know, just a random example. <laughs> like there's so Completely many unrelated example. Yeah, just, I'm just conjuring that. Um, there's like so many reasons that that could fall flat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to back yourself and take a risk. Do you know what I mean? As well, yeah. You don't want to be risk averse because you're too pessimistic you don't want to risk everything because you're too optimistic yeah how do you go with like goal setting and whatnot goal setting is interesting what what like what what is your in your mind what is the easiest way to break down getting to where you want to be is it setting goals to get along the way is it really mapping out some people are really like visual they want vision mm. boards they want to like mm. see things i know i make drewzy likes his weekly goals yeah that's and he cool. feels like that that's that's his approach of getting to the end goal or like the end the end product of what he wants to be as a person yeah what what's your approach how do you how do you sort of tackle it it's a great question because um i totally support goal setting but it's not something i necessarily employ my my logic has always been if you're the point of goal setting is to make sure you're working hard yeah and for me the working hard part specifically with youtube has never been a problem yeah because i thought whether i'm going for 10k subs by the end of the year or 20k subs 
I'm going to be grinding the exact same level. And that's the way I've always felt. Um, and that's why I've never actually put a number on what I want to achieve. But I do think if, like you say, if I'm going to be trying to make this a career, I've probably got a, sh- a window. You know what I mean? Like I've probably got a couple of years. Well, maybe, maybe that's I don't think, I don't think that's even true at maybe all. Maybe that's not true. Okay. But I understand where you're coming from, but yeah. I, I think like you could definitely make it at any point. I suppose that's true. Yeah. That's, that's another thing I'm actually quite passionate about. As, as I said, it, I was like, mm, that's probably not true, but what I do need to do is start visualizing what this will look like when it's successful. Because yeah. I, I think I've said this before, I don't actually have a firm image in my head of what a career doing this would look like. Do you mean in terms of like what your day to day would look like or like what do you... So like if I'm going to cut a, like a, a living out of doing YouTube, is it going to be um, the podcast it makes a lot of money from sponsorships and therefore that's my salary or right. is it that I'm going to be doing this on the side and then maybe work so you're talking like monetary re- monetary wise yeah well I mean, unfortunately that's tied in because oh for sure no like yeah. let's, let's not kid ourselves People- I'm not trying to make a million dollars but the the goal is that this is financially viable that I can do this for a living yes, you know what I, mean? like yes, this, yes. I, I don't want to do this and be on the dole <laughs> no absolutely absolutely no yeah. I understand that and um, yeah if any, anyone that tells you otherwise and tells you like don't worry about the money is, is lying yourself because like mm. like we, we're born into a society and society's been built around money like we need it you're like working your passion and don't worry about money like no like at least making make sure that you can support yourself if you want a family you have enough money to support your family yeah. you want your kids to go to good schools you want your wife to be able to like wear nice clothes and do the things that she likes and pamper herself like mm. there's all those things like not it's it, I don't think it's like superficial I don't think it's like materialistic yeah. I think it is like is what it is and it's yeah. what you need to live so like that's interesting so you're you're more thinking the business sense yeah pretty much how am I going to turn this into a business yeah that's it yeah yeah well what do other YouTubers do how, how do other I, I know like Logan Paul and, and such like I'll use another example Nelk Boys don't make any money off YouTube all their money comes off merch all their money comes off pretty much comes off merch mm. they don't make any money off the video products that they put out there or, the, or I should say content that they put out there it's all off um, products that they make the merch yes. which um, do you follow Nelk Boys much? I have actually literally never come across Nelk Boys so Nelk Boys I'll give you a basic quick rundown Nelk Boys are basically um, was these two guys um, Kyle and Jesse and they've sort of branched out they've got a bit of a team going now but uh, basically they, their rise was doing pranks so their rise was pranks on YouTube mm-hmm. um, very funny dudes very like um I guess have no shame, put themselves in funny situations, awkward situations, and they're really good at sort of conversing and, and like running off the fly. A lot of like um, just freestyling, making situations funny, like going in with a character, going in with a mindset, and then just like making that situation funny to the, how they want it to be. And um, basically, they were two YouTube just didn't like them, so YouTube never promoted them. They they weren't like the cookie cutter. YouTube image that you see like the family channels whatever it might be so they were sort of hidden on YouTube but they got a huge following in America as you can imagine they're very big in like the American cultures like sorry American colleges American high schools that's sort of like uh, just that scene Mm. I don't think I need to explain it everyone knows what scene I'm talking about so they're really popular in that scene so they still like bang out crazy numbers um, on YouTube wise but yeah I mean they they posted a thing the other day they got paid like um, oh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the numbers I can't remember how many views they got um, it was in the millions and I, I think it was in the tens of millions for a month yeah um, that makes sense and they got 42 cents from YouTube wow so they just completely demonetized everything because it's like it's all it's a lot of drinking like it's a yeah, lot of right. it's just like obviously not the image that YouTube are trying to portray yeah. so what they do is they make insane st- merch yeah so like multiple tees multiple hoodies they got um funnels they've got like um <laughs> shotgunning tools yeah they've got um this thing called steve's boot it's a big glass boot and it's like a liter of beer um they've got flags they've got bags they've literally just like made this insane pretty much clothing range and yeah. like accessories um and it sells the stuff sells out like in an hour They'll do like wow. millions of dollars in an hour, yeah. and it'll just it'll just sell it like that. So they've built it off that. Mm. What like what, how do you think your like your what sort of image will go? That like, sort of footy. Do you think is that are you gonna make your money off YouTube ads, YouTube revenue, or do you think like you're gonna have to release maybe some like uh, some merch, some sort of mm. product that you can give, or like is there a service that you can move into? Um, 
yeah like how, do you have any approach to that kind of stuff yeah, that's the very thing I'm trying to work out constantly and I probably need to put more thought onto it to, to specifically with the ad revenue though um, that they refer to that as a tip jar so anything you make from ad revenue should be about 10% of what your total income is if you're doing a career on YouTube do you know what I mean interesting so, so, uh, for instance, so where to get the 90 from is basically yeah the question. exactly and uh, there's a guy called Roberto Blake who is he's actually his YouTube channel is as an entrepreneur and helping people even on YouTube. And he's, I think he's got like in excess of a couple hundred thousand subs and he makes about 35K a year American off ads, um, which is probably what, like 50 grand, 45 grand Australian. Yeah. Um, which is nothing for a guy that actually has an audience of over 200,000 subscribers. He makes below average. I mean, if that was the only way he made money, he would make less than the average Australian. So, um, Ad, ad revenue is definitely not the way. Actually, uh, I guess I can sort of give a little announcement. I got a two-month extension with Manscaped.com to sponsor the True Footy Podcast. It's a good start. It is a good start. So that is one way that that's got potential. If, if um, I won't say how much they're, they're offering, but um, but I think I think it's going to come in the way of sponsorships. I think merch is kind of inevitable if I want to make this a career. And yep. the thing is, merch it just say it. I don't want to seem money hungry, but it's 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 one of those things you have to do to sort of make it financially viable and the hard thing is to not make it dorky yeah like See, ma- ma- good at that stuff. make it like fashionable make yeah. it something that someone can wear it on a night out day to day you don't want it to just seem like um like you go to the paint store and you get a jewel luck shirt yeah like no one's wearing that shit yeah, yeah. like you the only place you're wearing that is when you're mowing your lawn yeah, yeah. um <laughs> you so the, the challenge is to to put some effort in the design phase to make it very true cool and not make it dorky not, not make it like just yeah a, tr- a true footy logo that I looks... don't want my face plastered on people's t-shirts no like, not, yeah I just think it's so really somehow cool. I make a make a true footy like yeah. m- instead of making it merch I feel like the best way to approach it is to make a line yeah, a clothing I line I agree like if it instead of like true footy on it it would have like a a quote like that's famous like I think on the kickoff I think they were joking about it I don't know if they actually did it but one of the guys on the kickoff always says stats are for mugs and then I think they were joking about releasing mugs, saying stats are for mugs. Yeah. So it doesn't actually say the kickoff on it. So like something equivalent to like that with true footy. Yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. Um, or get a designer to like draw like footy animations or something like that. I, yeah. I think that's really cool as well. That is super cool. So yeah. like, you know how I got that, um, those rapper sketcher ones? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I've got like young slug instead of young thug. Yeah. There's one that says ice cubes and it's a big glass with blocks of ice cubes and ice cubes faces on each block yeah, Think cool. like things like that maybe like you could do like some cool um yeah yeah footy style ones or mm. like try and try and really like um like plug into the culture yes and like what what people are sort of vibing with and like even if you just did one of like um if it was just like uh, a sketch of nick Nat's face but literally just the outline but then his dreadies were in full 3d Ooh. like things like that make it like real yeah. trippy and like really yeah, cool so yeah. like if you looked at it it just looks like a shirt with a weird outing of like someone's face but then you see these dreadlocks and then people be like oh that's Nick that's here yeah <laughs> and like cool things like that things that are like ingrained in the culture agree, um, yeah. that could be stylish and cool and not like I said that, that sort of doggy jewel luck shirt yeah that's it I, I think I, I think you've nailed that I think that's the way I want to go um, I think the Carlton Draft, I don't know if you know them on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do merch like that. Yeah. Like that it's drawings and memes and kind of things like that. So that's pretty cool. But for me, I think the focus needs to be just building the audience. I want to get the foundation in first because I think I don't want to blame COVID because other people have succeeded this year. But uh, this year in terms of growth of the channel was a fraction of what it was last year, which sucks because I think if you write down a lot of my goals on paper in terms of like a lot of the stuff I said at the start of the year was improve the content, make better, very like content, better quality content, make a documentary, get guests on. I've done all of that. I've smashed it out of the park. I've been consistent and the audience's the growth has been a fraction of what it was last year when I was literally filming like potato videos. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know. So that, that's been a bit of a hit. So I, I really, I'd love to blame COVID because I know, I know other creators have done well. Other creators have... I actually looked. This is not a flex, but this has just made me feel better. Out of all the big AFL content creators, I've grown the most this month. That wasn't the case before. Actually, that probably doesn't include footy A to Z. I didn't check them. But so, I mean, I'm doing something right and it makes me feel better knowing that other people are, are in the same boat. Like it's, it's been tough this year. 
But I'm, I'm just praying that if I apply the same energy I did this year, other than that middle two months of the year where things were shit, yep. um, if I apply that to 2021 and it gets back to normal, I'd like to, I'd love to have like 25K subs. Then I'd probably think more broadly about merch, stuff like that. I think that's the point. It would be cool. Yeah. I mean, even if you just look at the numbers from like a, a real like a micro standpoint and like, you know, you have a shirt that's like $20 yeah, um, yeah. and you have 20K subs mm. and like you only need like, like make a thousand shirts and, and like mm. 10% of your audience buys it. Yeah. Like, and then, and then you've, you've yeah. you've made money there like I agree yeah it's um it's exciting to look at it in that sense like it definitely is possible it's not out of the realms of possibilities like it is definitely is an opportunity for you to build a career out of it mm. um it's just going to be like anything like the same as like my career has taken three years of uni plus two years of on the job study to, to even get to the stage that I want to get five years yeah I mean how long have you been doing True 44 it's just gone three years actually like it's going to it's going to be like any other career yeah. and I, I think being patient is going to be like your best attribute. Yeah. Being I, patient and still putting out the content. Like I know you had a little bit of a a lull where your motivation was really gone, but mm. then like you due to other shit. To be honest other shit, sure. And then like recent as, as of late, like it's really picked up again. Like you're really producing, you're collaborating, like you know with Druzy and whatnot. Mm. Um, and I think your content shot sort of shows. I think the biggest thing as well this year for you was like you've definitely. Um, You've definitely applied more personality to the channel. Mm. Like your your, your content has a lot more of your personality through it. Yeah. Instead of just being a podcast where it's very um don't want to tread anyone's toes, don't want to like say yeah. anything too outrageous. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Though. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> which is which is cool because like sure, like maybe your subs might take a dip because like some don't like that, but then I feel like in the long run people are gonna like people are gonna catch on to the like authenticity of, of it mm. and that in turn I think will pay dividends so I think it's just going to be a grind out period and it's just going to obviously yeah. take your time it's going to I mean look at any sort of YouTubers come up and they'll talk about making videos that didn't get any views and then it, it just takes that like one year yeah. and maybe it's year five of the podcast maybe it's year six of the podcast where things really do just sort of like yeah. hike up and then that's when you capitalise that's when you drop the merch that's when mm. you do those sort of things yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I, like I said, one of the goals I had at the start of the year was literally get more personality into this channel. Yeah. Not be like a like a bland, like informative part. I wanted I wanted True Footy to be like watching footy with your mates, listening to your mates have an intelligent football conversation, not necessarily have the best opinion on football because most people would disagree with you even if you're right. So And there's <laughs> you know I mean? TV shows that do that anyway. So yeah, like yeah. If, you, if you really want that, go watch... Uh, on the yeah. couch, go watch yeah. AFL three sixty, whatever it which, might be. Which you should because they're great shows. Exactly, but, um, but, but footy would be something. Yeah, different. your market is different. Your yeah. market is like, but it's cool. You have that vision. It's cool. You have the vision of like, um, I just want to be like watching mates yeah. talk about footy. Like that, that that is a cool vision. That's yeah. obtainable. That's 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 like once you have that vision, the road to get there mm. starts to become more clear. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think I think that's showing the content. Like, it's quite varied content. I definitely do serious videos, but. Um, I, I do that as well where I'd make a stupid video with Drew's yeah. I think as well like you said it's not going to be a linear thing where this goes well every year and that's another realisation I had that made me feel better about doing it it's part of uh, taking on a risky career and also just being a man is being able to not shit yourself at every roadblock yep. so just because I didn't have the year I wanted in terms of subscribers that's a really pitiful reason to to be like, oh, nah, don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Have a bit more of a crack. Like, eventually, maybe, if I keep failing year after year, maybe I'll refocus on something else. But, like, it, it, this is, like, the first roadblock I've had where I've been like, is this right? It would have been shit to, like, collapse in on myself at that first roadblock. Yeah. So, to push through, I think, and hopefully aim for a big year next year, like... What was it that your dad said again? He said, the worst thing you can do at your age is be too conservative. And that's exactly snip that. Yeah, snip that. That is great advice. That, yeah. That's advice from a man that's lived a life too. Yeah, and that literally in that conversation that changed my mood. Like as he was still finishing the sentence, I was like, "Fuck, that's that's just made me feel." It's weird. It made me feel better because it just maybe made me feel liberated to take a risk. Yep. Whereas maybe I was a little worried about being judged, even by my dad, which is ridiculous. My dad's always fully supported True Footy, but like I just. I, I guess I started I think I was talking about this on the pod I started caring a bit more about what people would think if I'm 27 very soon and um, and you know 
trying to make a career on YouTube and working at Bunnings. And, yeah. But you just got to let go of that. Yeah, shit. yeah. I think it's, it's tricky though because um, I think like in our generation, and thank God, but your youth seems to be like a longer period these days. Mm. For example, like I feel like in our dad's generation, hitting 30 is a big a bigger milestone than what hitting 30 is to us. Yeah. Hitting 30, like 30 to us is like your 20s again. Like 30 mm. is the new 20 for us. Like if when I hit 30, I don't think I'm going to get the like the dreading feeling of like my life is over like yeah i see 30 rolls and they still look youthful they yeah. still like you still look at them and like you've still got so much to go mm. still got a lot you still got a lot you could possibly do it's very true so i think um not getting too caught up in the numbers of it not getting too caught up in the like the age bracket of when should things be set in stone when should yeah. your life be on track when like i think all that is like of recent times and like i say thank god has gone out the window i think like um yeah i mean like I, I don't really get stressed about like my youth being over. Although like you do care about obvious things yeah. like, you know, just like looking older. Mm. But I, I really feel like um my best years are still well ahead of me. Yeah. I think like the growth and development that I have within me is still and like I think thirty would be a really good year for me. Yeah. I don't know why. I've just always been the late bloomer. Yeah. My dad was a late bloomer and like mm. my dad said when he turned thirty he just felt different. Yeah. And it wasn't like he felt old, he just felt like secure and comfortable and he he, he said like it was all fun up until then, but 30 was when I really started like enjoying life. Mm. It was when I really like understood what I was doing and where I was doing it and, and why I'm doing things and, and not getting sucked into things that aren't going to benefit you. And like just having that like level headedness. Yeah. I think the maturity just must have like really leveled out for him. So I think I'll be the same. I think 30 is going to be like a really good year. So for me, it's all about just building up into that. Yeah. And once I hit 30, then I'm going to be like, all right, like where am I at? Reassess the goals big time. Maybe that's when I start doing more goals and being more goal orientated mm. for now I'm just trying to suck up every bit of knowledge and all like do as try as many things as I can start a podcast like yeah. at work really just like push myself in that in that level um try new careers if I feel like it like just my 20s is all about that because then I feel like at 30 I'll have a much better idea and like I mean you say that about every year but I just think like yeah it's good to have that mindset you don't want to feel like I think it would be kind of like a paralytic feeling if that's the word um where if you feel like you're running out of time, yep. it almost makes you... Uh, it, for some people, it might make them panic and do everything, but or it might, make, it them might give make you just not want to do anything. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I don't know. Like, some people respond to that that differently. I totally resonate with what, what you said. Like I feel like a late bloomer. When I was 22, I looked like I was 18. Yep. Like, girls my age didn't want to borrow me. Oh, that was where I met my last girlfriend. But um, for the most part, like you know what I mean? I've just always looked younger. Most people wouldn't think I'm 27 um, and that's just reflected like I, we go at our own pace and yeah and the other good thing is like you don't want to wish the other thing I realise as well like you don't want to wish away the time that you have just doing things you enjoy like with True Footy I know I'm talking about myself a lot in this pod but um, with True Footy for example and this is advice for anyone like I get a bigger buzz off True Footy than I do literally doing anything mm. like, like with that grand final yeah. I was buzzing for days oh yeah you wouldn't like, stop talking about it yeah and I was like I was making eggs as I do. We eat a lot of eggs in this house, yeah, but I was making my my classic eggs on toast. And uh, post like three days after <laughs> the live stream, and Jesse would just say, "Man, I just can't get over how good the live stream went." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was sick though. Like it was literally just watching the grand final, sinking piss with my mates and an audience of thirty eight thousand people watching. That is that wild. Was, At no point cool. did I consider that three hundred and fifty people were watching me. Yeah. While doing it. <laughs> while doing it. And um, luckily, luckily, since I've sort of like started the podcast and since like um, trial and error, I will say I definitely like said some things on the live stream that like, it's not <laughs> like it wasn't like outrageous and it wasn't like it was completely off brand, but like things that you would say in the comfort of your friends and not really realizing that like there is an audience watching. Yeah. So I think it was lucky that at that live stream I had like, I had the comprehension of like, <laughs> I understand people are watching this. I understand I'm with my mates and I'm going to get carried away. Yeah. But like, I still need to keep that sort of like professional professionalism. Mm. Maybe I don't know if that, that, that is even the right way to sort of say yeah. it. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, to keep things a little bit above board. <laughs> yeah, I think we hit a good balance. I could never ask anyone to not drink on Grand Final Day. So it was, always it was hard. I had every intention, to be honest. I yeah. literally had every intention to not. But oh, really? um, I never would have expected you to not drink. I had every intention to at least wait till half time. Yeah. But then I, I literally like it was like pre-game and I was just like sitting out on our balcony and we have a gorgeous balcony here. Yeah. Um really nice. It's this perfect spot to sort of go out there, 
mid-morning and like have breakfast have, have a beer <laughs> and i just like i was like fuck beer it. and eggs for breakfast. <laughs> i was like fuck it man i'm cracking one like yeah. i don't care yeah um it's hard to resist as soon as the beers are cold Resist, and it? I just bought a carton, come home with it, and it was just like it was calling me. It, yeah. was, it really was speaking. Footy to me. was on pre-game seven news. Uh, sorry, seven news. Speaking <laughs> of the, news. speaking of the footy though, I was I was a bit heartbroken. I am a Geelong yeah. boy, mm-hmm. um, although definitely don't follow the footy like I used to, like a young when I was a young pup. Yeah. Um, uh, and that that's just due to my own interest in the game of football running out. Yeah. Um, obviously played a lot of football growing up. Um, played decently higher level um, and just sort of like really fell out of love with it sort of lost a lot of passion for it subsequently my love for AFL dropped and then obviously I just stopped watching footy in general but um, you had it with cricket yeah but my dad is a Geelong sporter grew up in a Geelong madhouse so um, there was no other option really I mean there there was but there wasn't like as a young boy you're always going to do what your dad says like your dad's like just seems like this invincible human being when you're so young like <laughs> seems like superman so like yeah you're just gonna follow him so um was also a crazy uh gary ablett fan yeah growing up have this story of um when i was about to play my first ever game of football so first game of under eights um in Gelton. my auntie went to the geelong game um and by this stage i'd been playing i was very Insane, like being like immature and being a late bloomer. I was very early to the game when it comes to sports. Yeah, so okay. I remember I went to Oz Kick as a kid because I love footy and I wanted to play footy. So I wasn't old enough to actually play, but I could play Oz Kick. Yeah. Went to Oz Kick and after the first day, like my dad pulled me out and he's like, "Yeah, you're not going to be able to do this just because like the first day, literally teaching teaching kids how to handball and kick, mm. and my dad had to take me to the side and just to kick, to kick with me." Because I I'd been oh, I'd been kicking for years yeah, by that stage. Right, like yeah. I I could, I could stand there with my dad do kick to kick and the yeah. ball wouldn't touch the ground. Like I was already well and well and truly into that stuff. Yeah. Like I was I've been doing it for years by then. So um it sucked because I couldn't do it because like they were just none of the kids there were at the level. Like I I went there thinking that I was gonna play games and like it was just like yeah. these average skill bases. But then it's funny because I literally went for one day and at the end of the year I got a letter in the mail to go play at halftime for like the Eagles in Richmond. That's cool. Uh, in Subiaco, back when I was at Subiaco. Yeah. Um, so I went and played like halftime, uh, which was awesome. That was like so cool, playing on like a you, AFL round. What, what year that was? Really put it on. Um, uh, was it at night? Yeah. Mm. So I would have been um, like six, so I want to say the year 2000. Ah, okay, fair enough. But the 2000, maybe 2001. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, when did that. But anyway, that's the story. Um, my So I was, I was about to play my first real game, so under eights, proper, proper footy. Um, my auntie went to the Geelong game, which was on the Saturday. I was playing on the Sunday. Uh, got into the rooms, met Gary Ablett Jr. and said, like, I have a nephew. He is, like, your biggest fan. He has. We bought him, like, a Geelong jersey. He has number 29 on the back. You actually signed it for him three years ago in permanent marker the put the, the sign the signature is now gone he wears it that much and it's washed that much that permanent marker has been washed off a jumper <laughs> and like which doesn't seem possible so i was like a massive fan and for halloween at school i went as gary Albert jr my mum bought me a blonde wig like just oh, loved him he had hair back there yeah that was when he, that was when he had hair <laughs> um and so she said like can i call him and can you like wish him good luck for his game and this is the first time that i've ever properly shat myself because <laughs> yuck <laughs> because my mum called uh, uh, sorry my mum answered the phone and she calls me out and I come down and says like I pulled <laughs> Gary Ablett Jr. is on the phone he wants to wish you good luck for your game tomorrow wow. like do you want to talk to him and I literally rejected him I was like I can't no, I'm busy I can't do it wow. like no nah. and I ran away and then I remember I went back to my mum like half an hour later and I was like I'm ready to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like, oh, she's already gone. Like yeah. that was your one chance. Like you can't talk to him now. He's like, Vicky's not. Your only Vicky's not with him anymore. Oh. Uh, so like, that's how heavy of a Geelong sport I was, and yeah. Gabbert Jr. in particular. And then just see him in his last game, go yeah. down, break his shoulder, come back. Yeah. Um, that was a bit heartbreaking. It was like a bit of a sour mm. moment. But True. He came back, but he did. But he, he couldn't do much. Yeah. Poor dude. Yeah. It's just, it's just a rough way to end it. Like you just you never want to see like the. The OGs go down that way, mm. but I feel like it might happen more than we think. Did Chris Judd do his ACL and that was his last game? Yes, 
True. It's another OG that went down Before like that. It, yeah, that was a bit lame. Yeah. Like, not a great way to end. No not a grand final, though, given. True. But, um, yeah. nonetheless, hmm. still happens. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a bit, uh, a bit shitty to see Geelong lose like that. Mm. But, like you said, all in all, a good, good day, minus the night. Um, with, you know, good mates, felt like we had a good crowd, we had a good vibe going. Yeah. Um, beers were flowing. I was steaming. <laughs> Steam. <laughs> so, it was all, it was, it was good. That's good, man. Yeah. All right, well, um, I don't know how long this has gone for, but I do have a golf game to attend to. Um, but I think <laughs> what time is that? I think we've gone for about an hour. Uh, yeah, I noise. Yeah, I got time, it's fine. Sweet. Um, but I think, I think we've hit a good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, appreciate for for watching, appreciate for listening. Yeah, we're um, on Spotify for those who don't know. Spotify. Other apps as well. Not iTunes yet. I don't know what's happened there. Every, every platform apart from... Yeah. What'd you say? Uh, iTunes. iTunes. Oh, yeah, so like your po- Apple Podcasts... I, for some reason, it said it was submitted, but it hasn't gone through. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look at that. Okay. Well, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, watching, viewing, please subscribe. Um, yeah. It's been real. Appreciate you. Peace. Have a good one.